Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe, the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. The Autism Society of Minnesota has been serving Minnesota's autism community for the past 50 years. Visit them online at AUSM.org. Visit todaysautisticmoment.com to check out the new podcast episodes and the episode index pages. On those pages, you will find all the episodes published along with the program scripts and interview transcripts. Interview transcripts are sponsored by GT Independence. This podcast is free with no subscription required for anyone to listen. I can always use some help to keep the lights on. While at the new podcast episodes page, click on the button that reads, I want to be a patron. Give me $5 a month at my Patreon page and you will receive new episodes by email and my new newsletter, Monthly Moments, starting later this month. Please follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I am a double rainbow man because I am autistic and gay. I came out as gay two times in my life. The second time I came out in 2008, I made myself two promises. The first promise was that never again would I allow any church community to determine what kind of gay man I should be. The second promise was that never again would I let any LGBTQIA individual determine what religion I should or shouldn't practice and or what stereotypes I should associate myself with. Most bars were too loud and crowded. Most of the time when I went to parties or events, I would find a corner to be alone and away from the overcrowded noisy spaces. Jason and I are proud Episcopalians and members of St. Mark's Episcopal Cathedral in Minneapolis. I have a vocation as a Benedictine Anchorite monk and a religious name. I am also known as Brother Anselm Philip Kinglow, OSB. Even at St. Mark's, I have dealt with the challenges of well-intentioned but uninformed intolerance and worship spaces that are overwhelmingly crowded and loud with no sensory safe spaces. When I was diagnosed as autistic in 2011, my challenges made sense. Over the past 10 years, I have rediscovered who I am as an autistic gay man. I have also met some amazing LGBTQIA autistic people who have experienced their own marginalization in the LGBTQIA communities in terms of dating, sexuality, relationships, socializing, and finding support. In 2017, The International Society for Autism Research, INSAR, did a study and discovered that about 70% of autistic participants reported being non-heterosexual. There were as many, if not more, that identify as transgender with gender dysphoria and as genderqueer and non-binary. I have read many posts on various social media networks where autistic adults of diverse sexual orientations and gender identities struggle to find supportive communities from within LGBTQIA activist groups. Many autistic LGBTQIA individuals have said that finding accepting diversity among other autistics who are of varied sexual orientations and gender identities expressions is more fulfilling than those who are not autistic. As I was preparing to host this particular episode, I wanted to get some stories from other autistic adults 
who are part of the LGBTQIA communities to share with my listeners. Heidi, Luke, and Benjamin are three autistic adults who identify with one or more of the diverse sexual orientations and genders. They are going to share some of their experiences with you on this episode of today's Autistic Moment. I want to personally thank each one of them for being guests on my show. After this first commercial break, you will get to hear my conversations with Heidi, Luke, and Benjamin. Stay tuned. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on Anchor FM, Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and TuneIn. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at micommunity.org. Welcome back. Please join me in listening to Heidi's story. So Heidi, it's it's June, which is Gay Pride Month, in which we're honoring the LGBTQ communities. And as part of my work with today's Autistic Moment, I want to get the perspectives of some some autistic adults who are LGBTQ. And so that's why you're here today, and I'm very grateful that you're here. Thank you for being on today. Um, And so I want to begin with my first question. What important information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about in terms of our diverse sexual orientations? And in this, I invite you to please tell us a little bit about what your experience has been like as an autistic person that identifies as you do. Sure. Well, first of all, Philip, thank you very much for inviting me onto your podcast today. I'm excited to be part of today's autistic moment. Um, like we said, my name is Heidi. My pronouns are she, her, and they, them. And I, a 35 year old autistic person, living in St. Peter, Minnesota. I also identify as fat, white, disabled, queer, lesbian, genderqueer, a non-binary woman, and nebula romantic. My big interests are learning about being autistic, disability advocacy, art, especially the zine that I'm working on with my good friend Lacey, and hopefully doing some traveling when that becomes safer. Right. Um, I go on and carry on with the question um, because I did. So could you just repeat that question, please? Fine, no problem. What important information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about in terms of your experience as an autistic lesbian individual um and what maybe that's been like for you what are some things what are some information you might want to share with our listeners even though i've been living these identities for my whole life i feel pretty new to them it's been just over a year since i was able to confirm that i'm autistic with adhd 
in that time, I've been applying that new information throughout all aspects of my life. Um, for me personally, knowing that I'm autistic helps me understand that I'm not doing anything wrong in the way understand my gender and sexuality, but rather that I struggle with some of the um, social aspects of gender and sexual identity. Um, in addition to those challenges of being a late diagnosed autistic person, I have complex trauma as a person in a conservative Christian environment that did not acknowledge the existence of queer or trans people at I need others to know that I might have anxieties and questions about dating, flirting, sexuality, and gender that don't seem to fit my chronological age, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I need honest and trustworthy support people. As an autistic person with complex PTSD, I might not be able to assume that people are allies to LGBTQ folks. I need people to specifically tell and show me that they support me as a queer and gender expansive person. Um, I also need to point out that when I was trying to work at a job and to overcome my depression and anxiety by working, I was being pushed further into autistic burnout I'm left with no energy to explore my identities or to express myself in social settings. Uh, this causes tremendous distress, including suicidal ideation. I have benefited by having dedicated time to recover from burnout, get out of survival mode, and start to access disability resources, although that is a difficult process, as I know you discussed earlier on the podcast. Um, I do live with marginalizations as a disabled queer person and also a certain amount of privilege as a white college educated person and native English speaker and accessing supports. Recovering from autistic burnout has given me the audacity to say that building healthy relationships of all types is my goal starting with self-relationships, positive connections with support people who I have chosen, friendships, and moving into other close relationships, such as romantic and sexual relationships. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, the second question I ask is, what are the barriers for autistic adults of all ages? You just named some of your barriers, autistic burnout, mm -hmm. um, you know, the identif identification issue, um, you know, accessing your supports, which is an understandable um, answer. Mm -hmm. In terms of dating and relationships, talk about what some of your barriers might be especially from the standpoint of being an autistic adult of a diverse sexual orientation? Yeah, the first thing that came to mind is what we sometimes call black and white thinking has given me some trouble. I spent quite a lot of time being concerned with questions about labels, like some of the things that I've thought about are is the gold star lesbian thing real or um, who is and is not a lesbian? Can I be a lesbian who uses she, her, and they, them pronouns? Um, can I be both non-binary and a woman? And so there's like a lot of nuance that goes into labels, but unfortunately it can be hard to capture that without um, interacting with people about those questions a whole lot and a lot of people who are exclusionary. So that is a difficult thing too. And I also spent time feeling it was afraid to, I was like, I feeling 
I also spent time feeling afraid it was too late to come out and find community and um, really explore that. Um, I felt aware of a sort of generation gap between myself and other LGBT people my age who have had more access to LGBT community and socialization. I performed some labels or roles to extremes, hoping that would make me feel connected to other queer people. Um, I went through like a big hyper femme phase and it's something that I definitely enjoy at the time, maybe even to the degree of a special interest, but it may also have looked out of place or like a caricature to other people. So I guess I'm saying that the advice that sometimes people give of fake it until you make it has not worked for me. Um, mm. um, learning that I'm autistic helped with my worries about not being a good enough queer person. And I started to find community when I worked less on fixing myself. I was able to communicate a lot of my authentic self-concept, my intake forms for my evaluation at Awesome, actually, which is the mm -hmm. Autism Society of Minnesota, when I was looking for a diagnosis. And so I think that um, points to the insight that I needed to be asked really clear and specific questions by some understanding people about how I see my gender and sexuality. I'm sometimes able to communicate quite a lot on forms or when people ask me direct questions long before I can communicate the same things in an unstructured conversation. And so that, that's a pretty specific communication need for me, but I think that other autistic people might also relate to that. I would encourage people supporting autistic people to consider their functional communication needs in conversations about gender and sexuality. Please don't assume that an autistic person struggling to talk about their gender or sexuality is not interested in those areas of their life. Um, I would encourage um, support people to offer autistic folks flexibility in communication methods, like encourage folks that you're supporting to write or show something related to the topic and start the conversation start the conversation there instead of asking people to just go off script on topics that feel personal or emotional. Um, attending the awesome support group for LGBT plus autistic adults helps me start talking more about myself and about my experiences and hearing from other autistic people help me think um, more about what I would like and like where I'd like to be in life. Um, accessing groups and events online has also been really important for me as a person living in a more rural area. I've even started a new LGBT plus support group locally for adults with disabling mental health conditions. Uh, you asked specifically about dating and dating is still a challenge for me. Dating apps are intimidating. Um, also meeting people and trying to sort out what category of my life they belong in is difficult. I think that's a topic that's come up in a few conversations with other autistic people that I've had. Mm -hmm. To just move to the cities is rather unhelpful because moving is hard and mm -hmm. we don't deserve to vacate all of the queer people from rural areas. Gary to try to describe based on my interests, likes and dislikes after spending so much time in the mental health and medical systems being mm -hmm. defined trauma and deficits. Mm -hmm. I really 
to a lot with the medical model in the last few years and describe mm -hmm. myself in a certain way. And now that I want to try dating, I'm, I have to make a really big shift in the way I talk about myself. Um, but looking forward, I love the idea of talking about access needs with potential partners. We can mm. really take pleasure in caring for accommodations our partners need and advocating for our own access needs in relationships. I recently tried online sapphic speed dating through a social media group and I liked it quite a bit. Being on video with people is natural truly a little bit awkward so it makes being right. stick a little bit awkward in comparison okay <laughs> that that's all good all right um all right and the last question and is what steps should autistic adults and our supporters take to advocate for our needs and in this question I'd like you to talk a little bit about what are some ways that you may have found to advocate for yourself that you have found have been, have worked for you um, that might help other autistic adults with diverse sexual orientations consider advocating for themselves. What are some thoughts you have there? I'd say that for people supporting autistic adults in discovering and articulating their gender and sexuality, it's important to keep in mind that we are actual complex adults who may have a lot of formal and cognitive information. You may study things about gender and sexuality quite a lot before becoming able to say how we feel about them or what we really want. At the same time, coming out and coming to accept gender and sexuality is a personal and emotional process, and we need compassionate support and spaces where we don't have to worry about using the right words or expressing feeling like teens or adolescents in some ways. It's also important to have compassion for people who are moving through trauma at the same time as coming out whether that comes from direct experiences of being abuse or neglect or from broader community trauma, such as growing up in restrictive religions, purity culture, or any other harmful system that disconnects us from our bodies and identities. I passionately believe that people of all need accessible, trauma-informed, and scientifically accurate sexuality education and resources. Euphemistic language around um, dating and relationships and uh, sexuality related things is incredibly unhelpful to autistic people. And we might use language that sounds dry or scientific to express our needs because we want to feel like we're being really clear. Mm. And it's important to find people who um who can accept that we struggle with kind of communicating things that are personal or that are new for us um for me personally the inner framework that i have for accepting myself as a fat person has given me resources for dealing with other marginalizations or other new identities that i might be struggling with I guess um, for me that when I could accept some part of my identity that I struggled with, I gained skills to repeat the process for other identities. Yeah. I've also um, got a lot of appreciation for the work of queer and trans writers, especially Black, Indigenous, and people of color writers and advocates who um, communicate about the overlapping areas of disability, sexuality, and fat acceptance or body acceptance even. 
And so with, I spent a lot of time reading and interacting with different media about, um, about sexuality and gender. And that's helped me a lot. Um, I also want to thank the autistic community for welcoming my questions in the past year. I've made a lot of connections to peers online and even to autistic parents of autistic kids who have helped me understand things about myself. And I really appreciate that. Thank you to Heidi for talking with me today. After this next commercial break, I will share my conversations with Luke and Benjamin with you. Stay tuned. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA choice, homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services. life be great if everything fell in place. Sometimes our lives need a little rearranging. One of the most challenging times is when we experience a major transition, such as job exploration, moving to a new place, or simply when you are defining your path in life. During these challenging times, individuals can feel like there's a great river between you and where you want to go. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps carve a path to the destination that's right for you. Then lay the stepping stones so you can accomplish your goals. Visit us at lookingforwardlc.org for more information. Today's Autistic Moment is a remarkably successful podcast because we support autistic adults. When you purchase items in the store, you help continue to provide essential information for autistic adults. Go to the store at todaysautisticmoment.com to purchase a beautiful coffee mug, a 16-ounce double-wall stainless steel vacuum bottle, or a spinner fidget. Each of these items has Today's Autistic Moments logo on them. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment. Welcome back. I am so excited that you are listening to this installment of today's Autistic Moment. Now let us hear from Luke and Benjamin regarding their stories of living as autistic adults with diverse sexual orientations. So Luke, thank you very much for uh, accepting my invitation to interview. Um, I am looking forward to publishing this particular episode and celebration of LGBT Pride Month. Um, I want I want information and some stories about what other LGBTQIA people have experienced as autistics. And so I feel that having you and the other two guests will help me um, share that information. Okay. So um, so the first question I want to ask you is what important information uh, do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about in terms of your experience as an autistic adult um, of your sexual orientation? Uh, there's extra layers of intersectionality that we have to deal with that. Uh, that autistics with uh, only the diagnosis of autism 
have to deal with. And that's pretty much kind of the case with anybody who has two or more, um, you know, intersectional oppression labels. Um, and anybody with one, too. Um, every person's unique. Uh, so uh, any um, any individual autistic, I mean, it's a cliche, but any individual autistic that you meet is individual in their experience and thoughts and opinions and needs, uh, special needs, if you will. Um, and uh, yeah, there's just very unique things that uh, autistics who are also in the LGBTQ plus uh, community have to deal with um, in terms of deciphering their identity, um, in terms of, of uh, rationalizing or uh, uh, justifying their role between the two because the two communities are separate. But then there's people in between the two communities that have to have their own unique, unique uh, journeys between the two communities. And uh, that's pretty much the case with uh, anybody really. Uh, they have to rationalize their intersections between faith, between community, between uh, minority markers, um, ethnic markers, things like that. What has that's a good good answer. Um, what has your journey been, uh, uh, more or less, um, like in terms of um, socializing, dating, relationships, um, finding your social circles, and and so on and so forth. Um, give us just a little bit about. Um, what um, what your journey has been like as you've accepted your sexual orientation identity and being autistic. Give us a, give me a little bit of an idea about what that's been like for you. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> well, I was diagnosed with uh, uh, on the spectrum pretty young in preschool. My mm -hmm. mom is a pharmacist uh, so, and she knew things in the medical world and disability world because she was uh, highly educated. Um, so I have the priv privilege, um, sort of. Um, it, it's definitely a privilege, but it comes with its own uh, its own unique challenges. But uh, it took me. So I had the label pretty young. But uh, I didn't really accept the label until maybe <clears throat> I had a good case manager after high school. There were I had periods in my childhood where I where I accepted it or identified that way. But in general, I wanted to try to fit in. I never succeeded in that really. Um, um, but I always wanted to try to fit in. But I was always very different from other people and my uh, quirks and uh, ways of doing things, ways of presenting myself. Um, so I had a good case manager. I went to a, I went to a program called Transitions Plus immediately after high school because uh, uh, the powers that be in the school and parent system decided I wasn't ready for college and that was probably true. So I went to a transitions program that was mostly people really on, on the spectrum, I would say. Uh, and uh, yeah, I had a, had a good case manager named Paul who kind of, who, uh, who was going to college for, uh, to be an autism specialist, who was urging me to accept the diagnosis more. And I had a therapist that I started seeing when I was, 17, who also happened, I found out later to be queer. I, uh, I, I uh, started embracing the 
fact that I was uh, queer when I was maybe 16. I had seedlings of it sprouting when I was maybe 15. Um, I, I mean, I always had attractions to, to other boys um, and uh, inclinations to do things that girls wanted to do. Um, so I was always uh, had, uh, so I guess I, that, that to say I've always had, I've always been queer, but I didn't really find language about it till I was 13 and I didn't really uh, start accepting it till I was 15 and I didn't really, really start coming out till I was 17. So my therapist helped me come to terms with my autism and my, um, and my queer identity. Um, I, I lived in a suburb, Egan, and my parents are kind of independents, but uh, that still didn't make it easy when I started coming out to them. They right. were not on board with that at the time, um, but they've come to accept it. Um, okay. So it's just been a long journey of uh, dealing with other people's perceptions and uh and sculpting, rationalizing, and justifying uh, the pieces of the story that came together to turn it into a narrative so I can tell a sort of cohesive story about, uh, and, I, and when I started really coming out when I was 20, that was when I was homeless, because um, my parents and I started having some serious disagreements when, uh, when I, uh, started really coming up um yeah okay um you're crossing into some barrier matters which um is good because i we always cross into my second question anyway uh which is always um what are the barriers for autistic adults of all ages and i hear you talking a lot about some of the barriers that you have faced um yeah. the, bar the barriers that the barriers that you're talking about are things like you know coming out which is always uh, challenging, but um, do you have anything to to talk about any barriers with how you have or have not been accepted um, by the LGBTQ communities in terms of uh, being autistic? I've had uh, I've had a. Uh unique challenges in both the LGBTQ community and the autism community with accepting for either of the of the identities um, for in the autism community for identifying as queer and in the queer community for identifying as autistic in both communities there's individuals who uh, who uh, aren't as informed about the other or might even be ignorant about the other every community has i mean every person has prejudice you know just because you're from an just because you're a minority an oppressed minority doesn't mean you're progressive um right is what mm. i've learned throughout all that um, yeah so i i, I don't want to i don't want to say that either community has necessarily had unique bigotries in in that yeah. regard yeah yeah what has been dating it? What has been dating and maybe cr trying to create relationships been like for you? Um, a lot of trial and error. I use services. I've used services such as FetLife, um, OkCupid, Meetup.com, and uh, the Autism Society of Minnesota and their uh, and their adult support group. To, to meet people as well as uh, honing my social skills a little bit with uh, with my therapist. Uh, mm -hmm. Never trying to cure autism, but just trying to exist in the world as an autistic. Um, right. Uh, although that's, that's where some of the difficulties come in because sometimes therapists have their own ideas and uh, just because they're a good therapist doesn't mean they're good in everything. So right, right, yeah, and I and I would say that um, one of those barriers for me too has been um, just learning how to uh, develop 
a good self-image about being autistic as well as being gay mm -hmm. or bisexual bisexual or, or other other things um you know i personally have found it very difficult to socialize within the lgbtq communities because for example i am not someone who likes the bars or the big crowds or yeah, i don't i don't so, so those are things that i have found uh kind of difficult what about you yeah sensory wise there's a lot of things like that in the in the queer community in the, the, the queer community and the kink community um there's um definitely barriers for autistics when it comes to uh <clears throat> sensory um friendly experiences Agreed. because the, because the 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 queer community uh is so centralized in bars and clubs and uh yeah places where where it's uh, allowed um and uh very uh very stimulating in many sensory regards um yeah. and uh, and i've heard similar things from other autistic queers in that regard too yeah i agree all right my um my last question uh is always um what important steps should autistic adults and our supporters take to advocate for our needs? Excuse me. For, for what? Uh, to, to advocate for our needs. Oh, and I, in okay. this and in this kind of a question, I would ask you to maybe think about some ways that you have advocated for yourself that have worked well. Um, maybe some ways that have not worked so well. Maybe some things you've learned as you've been advocating for yourself. Mm -hmm. What I've learned is that uh no matter where you go, non-autistics are not gonna understand me. So I always am just prepared, honestly, for something to go wrong. Um, and for me to have to explain why I go silent when, when uh, or look like a piglet when I'm, when I'm uh, being confronted with something and need a moment to process um, or when, or, why I um, repeat certain things uh, or uh, rock back and, you know, I'm getting specific, but uh, all right. I just have to, uh, uh, I'm lucky to be sort of an extroverted autistic. Um, so uh, in, in the right context, I am able to be very uh, loud and confrontational about uh, about my needs and about uh, my specifics, and uh, mm -hmm. so self-advocacy just uh, it just sometimes it, it it's it doesn't look pretty, um, it doesn't feel pretty, mm -hmm. uh, it's not pretty. Um, you do have to be sensitive to other people's needs when it comes to self-advocating, um, especially when it comes to conflict mediation. That sometimes. Uh, arises because people don't understand your autism. Right. Um, I've dealt with a little bit of that with a particular right. that I'm working with right now. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it just comes down to self-advocacy and uh, being willing to take up space and make noise. It's, I mean, it sounds like cliches, but the, you know, cliches develop for reasons. If you were to find yourself in the presence of someone who is autistic and or, you know, trying to work through the issues with their sexual orientation, whatever that sexual orientation might be, um, can you think of anything that you might say to that person that may be of help to them? Um, persist, be persistent. Mm -hmm. Uh, <clears throat> know that you're going to fail in the endeavors, um, but that uh, getting out there and finding your people, um, it's not a comfortable process and uh, trying to uh, put yourself out in the world and stretch yourself, you got to stretch yourself thin sometimes, as my therapist used to say. Um, and be willing to fail. 
and to know that uh, you're gonna fail at times. Uh, and when it comes to um, accepting your sexual orientation, uh, I think the world's a bit more open about that than at least in America. It's more open about that than it has been in the past. Um, so generally speaking, uh, you know, you got to consider your own safety within whatever community and space you live in. But uh, absolutely. But get, but getting out, getting out there, and being who you are, and uh, and uh, advocating for yourself is all. It's worth it in the end, even if you have you're going to have bad experiences, um, and you just gotta you just gotta plunge through that. Okay, those are good answers. Okay, uh, Luke, thank you for being on today. Yeah, thank you. Now let's talk with Benjamin. So Benjamin, thank you for being on an episode of today's Autistic Moment. Uh, Heidi, Luke, and you are uh, my three individuals that I'm interviewing about the subject of our diverse sexual orientations mm -hmm. uh, in, in honor of LGBTQ Pride Month. And so um, I am very interested in getting your perspectives uh, from your experiences and what you want to share with the listeners. So um, let's get right down to it. And I'll ask you my first question. Uh, what important information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about in terms of your experiences as a man who is gay and autistic? I think what they have to understand is that we have feelings, we have emotions, we are very empathetic, we understand what's going on. We're not stupid idiots in a sense who stand there trying to figure out stuff. We wanna have relationships, you know? We wanna be with people and well, you know, we're human beings. We all wanna be loved, we all wanna be supported and we all wanna be in a relationship. We may not be verbal or nonverbal, whatever it is, we all communicate that love. It's just very different ways to communicate it. That's a great answer. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, give us some information as to what your, your personal experiences um, may be like as you've, um, as you've come to terms with your sexual orientation and some of the challenges you've experienced as an autistic person? Well, I think I've had challenges like most people's challenges, but a lot of my challenges have to do with, I'm still, I still deal with it every day, but just dealing with feeling mm -hmm. good about myself. Mm -hmm. yeah. My self-worth, how do I feel about myself? I've been working with a, sort of somebody I know personally, sort of a coach kind of like guy. He's been helping me with a lot of with that this year. And bringing myself out of past shame, guilt around who I am as a, you know, maybe to express who I am and what I want to do and how I want to live my life, you know, in sort of freedom. I've spent a lot of my dating life not trusting in relationships or being in relationships with people who were not trustworthy or just stuff like that. And now I just want to sort of move past that and begin to really expand and open my heart up to people who want to love me for who I am, but I also want to be lo love myself and be able to be, you know, independent from that kind of thing and where, you know, where we can be, I mean, it's, like I said, it's been a little bit hardship, but it's a lot of it is, you know, taking it too personally or not understanding, I was talking in front of my, or not understanding the rules of dating. Like being too afraid to ask these questions. Like, what is the relationship is? What what are we? Are we just friends? Are we going to be that? You know, where's this going? And then it gets complicated later on. When it's like, now what happens? When all that now what happens stuff is, I either misinterpret it, they misinterpret it, or they go away, and I blame myself for them going away. When a lot of it is not my fault they went away it just happened right exactly 
natural progression of, ooh, I don't like this person anymore. Like, oh, uh, I'll use that for like my last serious relationship. It's like, I was in it and it's like, I don't see myself with this person full time. Right. And when you get that way, it's like, you know, well, they were just, it was very one-sided where I wasn't getting my needs met. I don't like that kind of relationship because it just feels like I'm putting all my into this and there's nothing coming out of it. After this final commercial break, I will conclude my interview with Benjamin. Following that, today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Stay tuned. GT Independence is a national leader in financial management services for self-directed in-home and community-based long-term support. With self-direction, you have the right to live the life you choose, regardless of age or ability, in your own home or community. At GT Independence, our job is to help make self-direction easy. With self-direction, you make all the important choices, like who to hire, when to schedule support, how to manage your care, and even who to fire if things aren't working out. We take care of the administrative details, including Medicaid waivers, new employee paperwork, taxes, and paychecks. Founded in 2004, GT Independence is a disability-owned business that's proud to have assisted more than 25,000 people in receiving self-directed care from the safety of their own homes during the COVID-19 pandemic. By removing the increased risk of group living settings, self-directed care saved lives. To learn more about GT Independence and how to self-direct care in your state, visit www.gtindependence.com. There are some great new shows coming up as today's Autistic Moment begins our first summer season. On June 21st, join me and N.C. Tanner as we talk about autistic adults, our diverse gender identities. Be sure to listen to Autistic Adults and Financial Planning on July 5th with my guest, Andrew Komoro. Nicola Whiting is my guest to talk about autistic adults Media Portrayal or Betrayal episode will be published on July 18th. On August 7th, I will publish the episode Autistic Adults and Gaslighting. My guest is Krista Holmans, who is known as the Neurodivergent Rebel. Finally, Dr. Teresa Regan, a neuropsychologist and certified autism specialist, returns to talk about autistic adults and communicating with medical professionals on August 23rd. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Now let's finish up our conversation with Benjamin. You've already kind of crossed into my second question, uh, which is usually the case, but um, <clears throat> what are the barriers for autistic adults of all ages when it comes to diverse sexual orientations? And I hear you, um, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about some of those already. Mm -hmm. um, because what I hear you talking about is, is dating and the creation of relationships understanding what's happening in those relationships, communicating what's happening in those relationships. Um, what are some other barriers that you have found for yourself um, that you might want those who are listening to, to hear about? Some of the barriers include, and you and I have talked a little bit about this, you know, this podcast is 
boundaries and barriers. The idea is I, I call them boundaries. The idea is of asking me what I, I didn't know what I wanted before, but now I kind of gotten older, I know. Asking us what we want. Because you can, you know, do a one night stand and be fine, but that's not now who I am. I'm very deep and compassionate and very, you know, sensible. But also going really, really slow with us. Some of us have had past stuff that we're dealing with. And I think that, you know, one of the biggest deals is go slow. Don't think we're stupid and, and dumb. Give us a chance to show us, you know, it's going to take a while. Like, you know, like, right. hey, I mean, it, I want it to be French sport and then slowly into that stuff. But it's also knowing that we have self-worth too. That it's just not right. about your side of the story and that we will understand you if you understand us. Those are good answers. My third question to you is, what are some steps that autistic adults and our supporters need to take um, to advocate for our needs? And as part of this question, I invite you to think of some ways that you may have advocated for yourself in any given situation regarding your sexual orientation and being autistic that you have found to be helpful to you or if you've even had one where where you could have done better and you've really learned from it. In a situation where I could have done better, there's a couple of situations at work where I could have been a lot more stronger in my voice about, you know, the, the abuse I took of not physical, you know, emotional abuse, but just sticking my voice in a job sites where it's like I could have said I'm autistic, I could use some help, but you're not helping, you're just adding more to my, you know, stress. And I think sometimes I did really well. It's like, you know, when I do autism presentations, when I do interviews and talks, that really helped me reflect who I am. The poetry I do, the, the, the writings, the, you know, the videos I do, everything I do is to help me just let it all out, <laughs> you know, in a way that's expressing, am I getting better at it? Yes. And I'm hoping to do more stuff, like be more open, more, you know, more talking about hard subjects that we need to talk about sometimes and create a space where younger generations, older generations can go, well, I have that feeling too. How do I express that feeling? Like, well, <laughs> here's your, here's your genre to do it in. However that is. And just like going back to that one piece of the puzzle doesn't fit everybody. You know, not right. everybody can do poetry, not everybody can do reading, not everybody can talk, not everybody. So you need to like, I always say, take off, I'm just joking as this anybody else, take off that education autistic lenses for two seconds and go, you know, I read the I read the studies, but take off those lenses for a second and go, okay, what is the truth in front of me right now with this kid? He needs somebody to listen to him. She or she needs just that space. They're not the nonverbal. What do they need? They need to hold their hands for a second. They need this in this moment right now. And they don't need me to psychoanalyze the heck out of it. Right. You know? And it's just, that's my answer is that you need to sometimes take off those lenses. And it's hard. I can't do it all the time. But take off the lenses, because I was kids and go, what do they need right now? They need me not to be scientific and look at books and research and data. They need me just to be here holding their hands or just talking to them, telling them to take a deep breath. Yeah. It's basically learning to see um, autistics as people, not necessarily a pathology. Yeah. It's one of the things was a couple of years ago, I used this story where I was driving up to one of the camps I worked at and I was reading one of the data books, one of the research books, you know, because I used to do that. And I stopped reading it because I just felt like we were being too like, well, like little guinea pigs, like, well, compared to normal people, who's normal? And I stopped reading those books because I couldn't take it anymore. I still read autistic books. I read books mostly about people with autism who have it or mothers, but it's still hard because you're not, you know, I, I, I understand my own story from somebody else's who has it, who's been through that whole process before. Right. right. So the research data books didn't help me because Okay, those are all good answers.
Okay. Well, thank you very much. No um, you're welcome. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Autism Career Pathways invites you to enroll in their summer course, Cultivating Autistic Entrepreneurship. This 10-week course will begin June 18th. Classes will be held every other Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This course is for neurodivergent adults wanting to explore and build self-employment, autistic youth, and their parents. Go to the very bottom of the Autism Resource Links page on todaysautisticmoment.com and click on the button Cultivating Autistic Entrepreneurship Course to review the syllabus and to register. Spaces are still available to join other autistic youth and adults in one of any of the four summer recreation sessions offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota in June, July, and August. Visit places like Silverwood Park, the Baca Museum, the Minnesota Zoo, Walker Arts Center, Minnesota History Center, the Science Museum of Minnesota, Long Lake Regional Park, and the Wood Lake Nature Center. Go to ausm.org to register. The form is now opened to apply to present a breakout session at the 2021 Virtual Autistic Community Summit on September 18th. Submit your application to be a presenter by July 2nd, 2021. Suggested topics include literature and arts from autistics, navigating and self-directing support services, managing interactions and medical providers, how to write a waiver, meaningful inclusion, especially for those with higher support needs, hiring and training staff, person-centered planning across the lifespan, autism and mental health, autism pride and self-acceptance, autism and intersectionality, including race, age, gender, sexuality, etc. Shutdowns and meltdowns, emotional regulation, managing medical interactions, masking. For more information, contact Zephyr James at 651-647-2081, extension 23, or send an email to Z james at awesome.org remember you can always send me an email to p-k-l-o-w-e at todaysautisticmoment.com please follow today's autistic moment on facebook twitter instagram and linkedin thank you for listening to today's autistic moment a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult